College basketball fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall. I'm Chris. And we're going to talk, what else? Some college basketball. And, you know, on paper, Saturday seemed a little light in the way of marquee matchups. Um, and that's really just based off, not that there wasn't, but it was just kind of based off some of the Saturdays we've had, you know, in a lot of January in the start of February. Um, so it, it kind of looked a little light. Like I said, we've been a little spoiled, but we actually got some upsets from Saturday. Houston finally got beat. It had been a while for them getting beat 69 to 59. That's a huge uh, win for Memphis. That's for sure. Um, that, that Baylor and Texas game was a blowout, but, Baylor may have, you know, a little bit of issues now moving forward because they lost another key piece. Um, Wisconsin lost. A couple other teams lost. Marquette lost. So there was, you know, some upsets still. We still got some upset. I thought UCLA was going to beat USC, but I was wrong on that. That's for sure. Um, But Tuesday definitely paid off. Auburn. Finally got beat. That was a you know another team that we were kind of looking at. So we're going to talk about the last few days, especially Saturday, as far as recap. We'll start the show like we normally do with recap, and then we'll preview once again. These Tuesdays are just silly. I mean they're they're just crazy. This Saturday, or Saturday, this Tuesday, Villanova Providence, which is a huge game in the Big East. Kentucky and Tennessee. Tennessee's trying to get a little payback from what happened um, the first go-around. And to be honest with you, it sounds like Ty Ty Washington tweaked, I think it was that same ankle again. He's only played a couple of games on that. So that's not good. But, yeah, we'll definitely, uh, I think Wednesday, Baylor and Texas Tech, that's a huge game. Like I said, Baylor might have some issues here, losing their big. So, we're definitely going to preview and predict all this stuff here on the College Ball Show. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and download the show there or listen to the browser if you don't want to. You can find this here College Ball Show under the Ropadope Radio podcast on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher. Uh, Amazon Music, Spricker, all sorts of places. We're also part of the Grilling Truth Sports Podcast Network. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegrillingtruth.com. And one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. If you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate Package, that will give you HBO uh, max for three free months and plus you get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fees and if you go to the premiere package that'll give you HBO Max and Showtime already included that's direct TV stream okay I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host Marshall and see how he's doing on this Valentine's Day hey life is uh, life is not bad sir um, got the girlfriend some Valentine's gifts, get to talk about college basketball. Uh, I think there's one biggest game I can watch tonight too. So, uh, life's going okay. I was kind of hoping for the Super Bowl to be better being a sports fan, but, um, I think the halftime show was better than the game for me, but you know, it, it, 
yeah, can't always – We I guess with all the good football playoffs we had prior up to the Super Bowl, we can't expect a, a great game every week. But, hey, um, life is not bad, sir. And on a positive, it was competitive, I'll say that. But you're yeah, right, it, it kind of got like that score kind of happened in the first half that, you know, where they were at, and it kind of just lingered right there for mm-hmm. a good chunk of the game. You're right. Uh, but for a positive, we are literally like – one month away from uh, March Madness, like the playing games going on. So like we're a month away from like glory of uh, if you're a college basketball fan. So that is um, <clears throat> definitely something to look forward to. And for my opening little rant story, again, you know, people, uh, some of the, the nerd geeks and sabermetrics people keep saying Providence is one of the luckiest teams in the whole world. Well, that luckiest team in the whole world, Yet again, uh, <laughs> down 13 in the second half to DePaul, uh, one in OT. So that, that, that luck is continuing. Um, they're now 21 and two overall, still first in the Big East, and they have a huge game tomorrow. But, you know, eventually people are going to start realizing, hey, I'm not saying that Providence is going to win the national championship, but they're definitely. You heard it uh, here first. My co host Marshall says. <laughs> And Providence is going to win the national. I'm sorry, but they're doing what fake news does. But they're definitely, I would say, a a top ten team in the country. I think their win loss record shows it. And as you mentioned a couple weeks ago, they're also the most experienced team in college basketball. And there's something to be said for that. Surely they might need some luck winning these late games. But when you have so many players who've been there before. That is such a huge advantage as to how to handle the um, ball down the clock. They have two guards who are pretty much always able to get off a shot, and they have one of the better bigs in the whole country. So um, I love watching that team. Every year I kind of fall in love with the team, aside from the ones I normally like already cheer for consistently. Sure. And Providence is definitely the team I'm hopping on. And, again, uh, them versus Nova tomorrow should be a really, really fun affair, and that game's also at Providence, too. So that Dunkin' Donuts Arena will be hopping, Chris. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. The The transfer portal in college football is all the rage right now and what it's going to mean, you know, in a couple of years. And do you want to – do we should we put some rules on it? But to be fair, the college basketball portal has been open for a while, right? I mean, we've seen a bunch of transfers for at least five to six, seven years. And – in college basketball, you've actually seen players get uh, okayed to play the next year way more than you used to, uh, or than you do in college football. Obviously, it's different rules now, but I'm saying before they went straight up, you can transfer right too. It was already kind of like that. A lot of people that, you know, their coach left or, um, you know, someone in their family was, you know, was, was dying and they wanted to be close to them. Whatever, you know, you had a lot more of that. My point is with this transfer portal, what it's doing is adding depth to a lot of teams. Look at Kentucky. Look at Baylor last year. I mean, Baylor this year. uh, There's a lot of teams actually like this. Uh, Texas Tech. Like, you can really look at it, and it's actually – now, I'm not going to sit there and tell you it's it's the depth is where the 80s and 90s were because – the star players stayed until at least their sophomore or junior year. I'm not going to say that, right? But the depth, it, it adds depth, and it adds veteran depth. 
and it, and it gives guys from smaller D1 schools a chance to jump up and say, hey, I can be a you know contribution-type player on these. So that's just something to keep in mind. A lot of people are freaking out about the transfer portal, and we get it. We get some of that, no doubt. I mean, they do have to change the rules, especially in uh, college football at times, when you can enter it, right, um, like at the end of the year, right? But it's it's adding a ton of depth, though, and it's meaning – the top 10 teams, top 20 teams are going to be stronger and more depth and better overall teams because you have veteran players. Just something kind of random. Um, you know, Arkansas, who's hot as hell right now, or at least was going into that game, that's for sure, they beat Auburn in overtime. You know, neither team, and this is real quick going back to last Tuesday, but, you know, they hadn't lost their 22-2 and two now. And Arkansas is up to 19-5. and five. I believe they got ranked, um, of course. But uh, neither team shot the ball well at all. In fact, 37.5 uh, from the field for Auburn, but 34.3. Neither of them lit it up from three. However, if you look at the line, 32 times the Hogs, the Razorbacks, got to the line compared to 17. And Auburn, not just – you know, got out free throw lines, but 8 of 17 compared to 26 of 32. That was a big, big thing of it. Now, you know, um, Auburn turned the ball over too much and whatnot. And, uh, you know, they had had a, a hell of a run, so they were kind of due. It's not easy to win there. Purdue, that same night, though, smacked around the fighting Illini. And remember when I talked myself out of Wisconsin was going to win on the road at Michigan State because – Michigan State had one in the Kohl Center, right? Remember that when I did that? Man, sometimes you just got to trust your gut instinct. And I'm not going to sit up here and, like, lie about it. Like, oh, actually, uh, I trusted my gut. No, I didn't. I, I didn't, unfortunately. Um, UConn did get a win that same night, just, you know, talking about this Tuesday night against Marquette, which was huge for them. But um, games like Michigan. Just slaughtering Purdue out of nowhere, 82-58. to 58. I guess Michigan was due for a great performance. I guess you could make that argument. But um, we had a little bit of everything last week. Now, Auburn did bounce back. We'll, we'll see how they go. Gonzaga just dominated St. Mary's. Wasn't really a game. Um, but like I said, Houston, who was on a long winning streak, they lost. I think they had like a 37-game home winning streak streak or something like that um I thought Ukula I did think UCLA in that game had a chance to win it they they had just a little cushion and didn't play good down the stretch shots out the USC though good win from them but yeah we had, and then Rutgers of course now winners of three in a row against ranked teams Rutgers beat Wisconsin at home I guess coming to the Cole Center it's actually not that big of a deal. Marquette struggling, too, a little bit. They've lost, I think, three out of the last four, three out of the last five. Um, so last week, Marshall had a fair amount of upsets, and even, like, maybe not, you know, Purdue, like I said, Purdue got beat. A lot of teams got beat last week. Um, in one of those weeks that, besides Tuesday, it kind of was ho-hum, and sometimes that happens. You get caught slipping. Yeah, I, uh, I sadly – um, chose wagered on Wisconsin against Rutgers. They were down three at halftime, so I bet they'd win by three in the game, which they easily could have done. 
But when you miss eight three-pointers in a row, um, seven of which were uncontested, Chris, it, it makes you kind of hit the Badgers. Because the prior week, I was like, well, the way Michigan State beat them in Madison, there's no way Wisconsin can yeah. win at Sparty. Of course, they do. Okay, well, you're riding high. You beat Sparty. Right. There's no way you should lose to the Rutgers. And again, they hit, they missed seven threes in a row in the span of like four minutes where the game was like a one to three point lead either way. And if you just hit one or two, like that's probably a game. Like if you get a four to five point home lead, you know, it's a good chance you're going to win. Uh, but they, man, I think they finished the game like four of 19 on threes. Um, but to give Rutgers credit this year, they're now four and one against ranked teams this year. So I know they started off with a bit of a lull, um, you know, and especially after last year when they had a, a nice little tournament run, kind of became like a, a, a favorite team this year for the opening weekend. You know, you're saying, well, if they regress, no big deal, you know. But um, if you're four and one against ranked teams, even though they're not near the necessarily the tip top of the Big Ten, you're having a very good resume. And I, I, I mean, barring you fall apart, Chris, um, they're probably a lock in for the uh, uh, tournament just because how many teams in the country have uh, a four and one record against ranked opponents? That's actually uh, pretty damn impressive. I think it goes to show one thing we talked about these years that the, the Big Ten, now again, we, we were made fools last year, but the Big Ten is probably on pace to be the best conference this year. Hopefully they just don't kind of fall apart like they did um, in the tournament last year. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a really good call. Kind of, it was 37 in a row that home win streak from uh, from Houston with Memphis, who looked good early in the year, lost some of their their two key players. Um, this is their this is Memphis's first road win versus a top 10 team since Penny Hart, no, since 2005. Um, so that's you know that's that's something you know. Um, that that Memphis team is so highly skilled. Yeah, so young and has had a lot of drama. Um, that that team is kind of literally a soap opera. Um, you had the f f bomb rant by Penny. Like that is just a a a weird year. That team could probably beat almost anyone in the country and probably lose to anyone in the top 100. That that Memphis team, if they make the tournament, they could be scary, Chris, or they could fall on their face and and get bounced on the first round. A very unpredictable talented loaded young team and i'm pretty sure penny has he doesn't have the covid year but he does have a year eligibility so they could get him back. <laughs> uh, and i still think he, he could be, he'd probably be posting people up but uh because you know he's an older guy you know what i mean you're right though he was fiery dude and you know i'll tell you what it, something must have worked a little bit because uh, you're right I, I like the way you described them um, that would that that's exactly it. That, that's that's right on, on the nose. Um, you know, we talked about UConn and how they were entering this brutal schedule, and obviously they we talked about last week how they got caught slipping the Creighton um, at home. Creighton's not a good a good program, very good program, but they are not having a great year this year or anything like that. So um, they ended up losing that, losing to Nova. Now they bounced back against Marquette. Lost the Xavier, then bounced back on the road against a, a scrappy, I guess you could say, St. John's, uh, with a uh, with a tight win, sixty three to sixty. That was a big win. Um, and now they still have Seton Hall, 
um, at, well, three home games in a row, Seton Hall, Xavier, and then Nova. Um, so it's not over, obviously, but UConn kind of uh, righting the ship rather than losing all of them in a row, going two and two in that stretch that we said was going to be difficult. Like I said, they still have more to come. But I was kind of like, okay, let, 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 let's keep an eye on that. And also UConn almost beat Xavier in that game on the road, 74-68. to 68. I watched a, a good chunk of that when I got home late night on Friday night. So um, I was kind of impressed with them. You know, I was looking at them like, let's see if they can make it through. And um, I liked what I saw. I liked what I saw. Now, like I mentioned earlier, Baylor, you know, 80 to 63. And Texas had played better. They just beat Kansas. I mean, no one in their starting lineup for Texas got double digits. You had four guys with eight points. Uh, five guys with eight points overall. Well, Jones off the bench had 11. <laughs> so, I mean, that you're not going to do much there <laughs> if that's the case. Um, whereas everyone scored in double digits um, for for Baylor. So I thought, man, that you know, that's going to be interesting. Like, Baylor, if they can get, you know, we, uh, we've been talking about this guard they need to get back, who's kind of a, a glue guy to their team. But now their center – um, I can't, Jonathan uh, Tashwama, or how, I forgot how to say his name, but he's having uh, knee surgery, um, season injury too. So, and they're looking for LJ Cryer to come back, but it's kind of interesting because they have now nine quad one wins more than anybody in the country. Um, and, and with a full strength roster, which they won't now have from this injury recently, they actually hadn't been beat. So, uh, but he's out for the season, so that's long gone, obviously. But um, I don't know, man. They they have a lot of depth still. They are. It seems like Baylor's trying to, you know, figuring it out because they had some new parts too. They have some guys from last, you know, last year, but they got some new parts and transfers, like we just mentioned, actually. But, um, like I said, Texas was playing a little better at that time. I thought that was a big win, too. And then just to reiterate, USC making some noise as well uh, from last Saturday. Yeah, USC, man, that team, again, uh, something about that team that just seems a little bit off. But, um, hey, they're they're having themselves a good year. I just, I don't know, it's just when you watch them play, something just doesn't quite seem right to me. Um, but hey, it seems like them and UCLA and Arizona are all kind of taking turns showing off that they, one of them could be the best team in the Pac-12 on a given night. Um, so I think, yeah, but I think there's a legit chance them, UCLA or Arizona could make a deep run. So we'll, we'll see. Like I said, the, the Pac-12 tournament and, uh, should be more fun than expected. And instead of this year when the Pac-12 surprises people, I don't think many people will be surprised if uh, any of those schools I just mentioned happen to win a, a, a tournament game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you mentioned Baylor. and I, I, I mean, I'm not a huge Baylor fan, but I do know that, like, every ESPN person, Chris, to go to the point you just mentioned was, like, really bummed and, like, mentioned about how big of a loss it was. Is like, uh, Baylor beats Texas in a great game, but, their season takes a step back due to the injury of that player. So um, obviously, you know, I don't, I don't know the depth of it, but I remember that game when they were playing Bama 
Um, they had a player out and one of their best players was like at 70% and now you lose another player. So it's kind of the injury bug year. Um, but on a given night, they're still probably one of the top 10, top five most talented teams in the country. You just, I guess you just have to hope to get fully healthy now besides your player you lost for the year. Cause again, that on a given night that they still probably are, like you said, nine quality wins. That, that, that says a lot about the team, but your injury bug, you got to get your guys back and healthy to have a, a legit chance. And, you know, you mentioned the Big East. Um, the, not Lenardi, but the Fox Sports guy, I think DeCourcy, uh, has like the Big East making seven teams make it in, which I thought was a little bit high. Uh, but as of right now, he's, I think, got Seed Hall and Creighton in. Um, but that, um, Nova and Providence kind of in the top two, but that mixture of, uh, Xavier, Seton Hall, Creighton, um, they've kind of been taking turns showing again glimpses of good basketball and on oh, UConn. So that, that's actually kind of been a really just back and forth. We're going to beat you this week. I'll beat you next week kind of deal. Um, UConn again, when you lose a, a guard that kind of runs your team, I think that a coach has done a good job to replace that because as we've seen college basketball, when you have a, uh, when your offense is based on one player, Chris, and he leaves, Sometimes it can take a team a while to figure it out, but somehow, some way, UConn's uh, put together a, 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 I would say, probably above average season for them. So, yeah, the Big East stays competitive, and I've hit my quote on Big East talk this week, so I'll try to cut that off. Um, but, and I know, obviously, the uh, time in the timing of the games and the Pac-12 network is never good for anyone, really, but of, of when you've watched uh, Arizona, USC, or UCLA at all this year, had any of them jumped out to you to be maybe the better team? I know they've kind of take turns all beating each other, but just from your your perspective of your own eyes, any of those three kind of look and stood out to you a bit, my friend? I mean, it's kind of in waves. I thought that earlier, I mean, just off of what UCLA brought back, I, I favored them, you know. Um, I just got done saying I, I favored them against USC, right? So I thought so, and I thought they showed that because they have some really quality wins. That little time frame where they had to take a little pause did kind of mess with them, but not too much because they were able to really handle um, Arizona at home, and now Arizona's on a little run, and, and they've kind of lost. They lost to UCLA, or I mean to Arizona and now USC. So right now Arizona is looking pretty damn good, though. Um, but it's still wishy-washy a little bit. Um, but let's let's see where this, you know, USC and, and, and Arizona thing goes, you know. But, no, none of them have separated themselves completely. Right now it does seem like Arizona is doing that. Um, Marquette has stumbled a bit now, too. Um, that Butler game, that first half, 42-27. to 27, Butler was just going off. Uh, yeah, the second half was really high scoring. Marquette made a run, no doubt about it, 52-43 to 43 in the second half. So they played better. Both teams shot pretty well, especially Butler. Butler hit 13-28 from three. Um, and now you look and, you know, Marquette has lost. They have some really quality wins, um, but they have lost, let's see, back-to-back games and three out of their last four. Um, after having a, a damn good run, uh, do you think it just, you know, it, it, it was a tough, I mean, they got a win in there against Villanova. They lost by two points on the road um, at Providence, you know, 
lost at UConn on the road. Now, you know, is it just was it just a tough stretch against quality teams? Butler, I don't know if you put them in the quality team, uh, you know, category sure. this year. But you know, those that's a hell of a run right there. And if you back it up, you know, they got to win. Yeah, shit, you back it up when Seton Hall was ranked anyway in mid, you know, mid uh, January. They won that game. They won at Nova, beat Xavier, and then beat Seton Hall again. So is it just a a tough run and they're going to bounce back, or should we be a little worried? Because when you look at the rest of their schedule, on paper they don't have to rent, they don't have to face a, another ranked team. I got to stick with my prediction I made last week. Of I think they're a Final Four potential team, so I'm not going to jump off the bandwagon. Um, obviously, so I your pick is potential now. Now you're back on. Uh, okay, I'm, no, they, 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 they. Well, they can be a Final Four team. Okay, they, 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 I, I think they can make it there. Right, they will be. I'll, I'll, however you want to phrase it, I think Final Four destiny. Um, but I mean, obviously, you know, you're, they. It is competitive division, and obviously, you did take some punches. Um, I watched that Butler game. Um, that is the first time I've seen a coach besides Roy Williams sub out his starting five. Uh, they just started the game looking like trash. Uh, they tried to press Butler and Butler went on like a 10 0 run. And I literally, I was watching the game all of a sudden shocked at like moves and also you see five guys at the scores table. You almost, I mean, a big, I mean, I think Roy Williams, I probably saw that happen in Carolina maybe five or six times. That's, you know, and when you see that, yeah, Tubby basketball, Smith. Tommy Smith at the Gophers, he used to do it. Like yeah, with we, I, but, you know, I, a lot of that was like in the early going games, you know, like the non-conference. <laughs> it was just to send a message. He wouldn't do that necessarily. But, yeah, you don't see that much, do you? No. And so clearly that was a sign of, hey, they didn't come in too prepared. You know, and they had played a lot of good teams in their own, won most of them. And the, it's natural to take your foot off the gas a bit against Butler. But Butler has actually been playing pretty good basketball of late. So, so. Yeah, they got they got embarrassed. They got down. I think they they got down like twenty one. They cut it down to four. But as we also know from watching college basketball our whole life, so a lot of times when you see a team you cheer for, just watching a game in general, a team make a big run, you expend so much energy to make that run that then you know the shots kind of balance out again. You kind of run out of juice, and I think that's kind of what happened. And uh, again, Butler actually shot the three ball really well that game. So I'm just, again, I, I still think Marquette's a good team, um, but they did kind of have a little bit of a lull. Um, but the fact you mentioned that they don't have to face any more eight teams is, is I guess, reassuring. But also DePaul, who is the worst team in the Big or in the Big East, has pretty much been taking everyone down to the wire or beating the top teams. So uh, I would not want to play DePaul. <laughs> yeah, I think it really just has to do with that tough schedule. And, you know, part of that, it's like an eight-game stretch, and they started out like four in a row. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Now we'll see if it continues and they start they lose two out of the next three or something. Well, then we can maybe start to, you know, sure say what the hell's going on. Um, on Tuesday coming up, number ten Villanova vi- visits the luckiest team in the. Or I'm sorry, number eight <laughs> Providence, um, and then number four Kentucky is on the road. And I don't, I I don't know. Ty Ty went out again with that ankle, so I don't think he'll be there. Um, this is talking, you know, uh, 24 hours for the game. So it's tough to say, and these guys are young, right? So they can bounce back, but either way, Kentucky at Tennessee, um, I'm going Vegas. I'm actually going Vegas. I was going to pick Nova 
to finally um, stop Providence's run. You know, ever since they got their butt kicked by the team we just mentioned, Marquette, they've they've been on a run ever since, and they even beat Marquette again. Um, I'm picking Nova to go into Providence and actually four and a half point spread in favor of Nova. I'm picking that, and then and then Marshall. Right now, Tennessee's a one-point favorite, I believe. Um, and I'm picking Tennessee, even though they just got devoured on the scoreboard. I still, man, I can't forget how well they shot the ball. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going on a limb here, and I realize that. Uh, I want to let the audience know. But not really, because Vegas says it's going to happen. So I got Nova, Tennessee protecting home. And Nova on the road at Providence. Providence is due for an L at some point, sir. I will gladly pick against uh, both of your picks. Uh, I've watched Tennessee play enough to know that their offense on a given night can be very inconsistent. Uh, So with that said, I'll take the more skilled team. And Kentucky is one of those rare teams who doesn't care about winning on the road. Obviously, if uh, Ty Ty Washington is playing. That's a huge advantage. So I guess we'll, I, I guess I'll go in blind on that one. Who knows? But, um, I mean, Kentucky's one at Bama and Kansas. So I don't think Tennessee would be too bad, but uh, I'll take Kentucky. And, uh, Villanova was a four and a half point favorite at Marquette and Marquette did shoot lights out and beat them. Um, so I do think that your Vegas is giving a little too much love. I'm not saying Nova maybe shouldn't be favored. But four and a half again for a team that has lost at home all year. It's twenty-one and two. I think the 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 Vegas power rankings of Providence might be a little disrespectful. So I will take. I think it's going to be a close game. It should be a great game. I'm going to have to DVR because I have to coach tomorrow night. Uh, but I, I will take Providence for sure. Um, plus the four and a half. Um, this team does play a lot of close games. But again, when you've only lost two out of twenty-three, you know there's something to be said for finishing. So. That will be a, a very fun game to watch. And since we are a show that does enjoy giving out picks as well for gambling and trying to profit money, my best bet of the night on Tuesday night is neither of those games, but DePaul, who I know is 3-10 and 10 in conference, um, is a four-point home favorite against Butler. Um, Butler has been playing better, but they've been playing better at home. And I know DePaul has a lot of losses, but DePaul lost at Providence on Sunday or Saturday, uh, by three points. Uh, they beat Georgetown. They beat Xavier and in Xavier. They lost to UConn by seven. Um, yeah. And uh, they're, they're a gritty-ass team that plays really hard, and almost in all of their games, they almost always lead at half. So even though the win-loss record looks really bad, if it's, it's kind of – they're just like that typical blue-collar scrappy team, and you won at Xavier – and you literally took Providence down to the wire. So I think they're um, not getting enough love from Vegas. I will take DePaul minus four against Butler tomorrow night, um, 8 o'clock on FS1. And just to clarify, I'm picking Nova straight up. I'm not picking them with the points. Okay. Um, I, I, when I say Vegas likes them, meaning they, they have them as a favorite. Yes, not sure. going with that four and a half points, though. Because sure. That's a little dangerous. Um. Number seven, Baylor at Texas Tech. Now, according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index, 
Texas Tech is a is a favorite, fifty one point three percent to forty eight point seven, meaning this shit is close. Um, Texas Tech did drop a, a, a clean one uh, at Oklahoma, but other than that, you know, have been looking good. I guess you could say the same thing, obviously, about Baylor, right? They've been looking really good, um, but you wonder about that injury. You know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, the Red Raiders protect uh, their home floor um, in the United Supermarkets Arena. Jesus Christ! Um, they're in Lub. It's Lubbock, Lubbock, right? Lub- Lubbock. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna go with Texas Tech to protect the home court. Um, I may have done that straight up anyway, but now that I know, you know, I, we don't know. Like I said, it's Monday, so this is the Wednesday game. Maybe L.J. Cryer comes back, but we don't know that. And then they also lost a solid big that played on the championship uh, team last year. So I'm going to go with Texas Tech. And then do you think Rutgers can win four in a row against the ranked team? Because they have number 12 Illinois coming into town on Wednesday as well. <sighs> what I – I mean, they, they play their best basketball um, when they're playing ranked teams. It's the same team that just had a good win in Wisconsin, um, unfortunately for me. Um, also beat Purdue at home. Um, who's to say you can't knock off Illinois? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick against them. I mean, I think Illinois is probably the better team. But hell, when you're four and one in conference or I, on the year against ranked teams, it would be foolish to consider them as you know a, a, a walkover so uh i man I'll, I'll take illinois i think maybe the 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 glass slippers fall off a little bit but that will probably be a close game just because i don't know they're clearly that team gets up for maybe the the tough ones and maybe lets a, a weaker opponent slide sometimes but that should be a a very fun game to watch and i will gladly take i'll, I'll hop on the wagon with you on texas tech um some sleeper people are saying that's a team just to go throw some money on to win the title. Again, it just, it's one of those, like, they have pretty good odds in Vegas. It's just, they're not quite been in the media all year, but for some reason, some people in Vegas seem to think that, that team's got a chance to make a deep run. So, um, I will definitely take them on their home court as they seem to pretty much win every game on their home court pretty convincingly or, or at least covering a point spread. And after losing three out of four games, just to follow up on Rutgers, at home, Michigan State, at home, Ohio State, and then on the road, at Wisconsin. And then after Illinois, you think, you know, okay, you got a big home game. Oh, yeah, you're going to get a little bit of rest. Nope, at Purdue. Then at Michigan, who's actually playing a little better. And then Wisconsin, baby. So Rutgers are definitely going to, you know, we see them climbing up a little bit. Well, they got a, they, they got a hell, they're just on the, you know, a, a, just a level right now. They have a lot more tiers to climb. Um, couple more games we're going to go over on that Saturday. You know, Illinois, could they be caught slipping? Because they have, you know, what should be at least a tough game. Uh, relatively speaking, at Rutgers. But then they got a Saturday. That's what did I say. That's Wednesday. Then on Saturday they got to go to Michigan State. That's going to be an interesting game. And 
meaningful as hell in the Big Ten, and we'll get to that in just a second. Midweek last week, Marshall, I took a screenshot of the of the Big Ten standings, and then I, you know, now it's standing, you know, a, a little bit different, but not not really. We'll get into that. It's kind of funny. Then Texas Tech, 11, goes on the road at Texas, um, and then Bama at Kentucky, and then Tennessee at Arkansas, who's Arkansas has been playing crazy. I like Arkansas over Tennessee coming off that – they'll be just coming off that, you know, sh- they'll be popping champagne after they beat Kentucky. So I like Arkansas on that one. I think Kentucky's going to – you know, get this will be an overtime game win against Bama. Um, we'll see where Ty Ty, you know, by that time is back. Um, Texas Tech, Texas, man, I don't know, but how do you feel about these four games? Illinois, Michigan State, Texas Tech, Texas, Tennessee, Arkansas, and then what was the last one that I did? There was another one in there. Um, did I say Alabama, Kentucky? I, I think that's what I missed. Yeah. Uh, I will take Kentucky against Roll Tide. I just think they're a better team, and Bama's been inconsistent this year. Um, I'll also take Texas Tech against Texas. I just Texas's offense after watching that um, Texas Tennessee game uh, on a given night, that Texas offense can really struggle. Um, uh, Sparty, I, I'm I'm fed up with that team. When when I want them to do well, they they don't, and when I expect them to fail, they they don't. So so big Sparty, put money on Spartans this week, guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, so go fighting in Illini. And the last one, what what was the brother? I'm sorry. The last one was I can't remember. Oh no, yeah, I think yeah, you just went over. Oh, Tennessee and Arkansas. Did we say? Oh. That? And uh, where where's that one at again? It's at at, at in Razorback Country. Oh, I'm um, taking taking Arkansas. That that team is such a huge difference of home and road. I watched them play Old Miss again this year, and I thought they looked like complete utter trash. But on a given night, that team is also miraculously very good at home. So it's one of those like really hot and cold teams, uh, depending where their venue is. So. Um, I would definitely take the Razorbacks to take care of business at home for sure, my friend. I'm going all home teams. You must protect this house. Michigan State, Texas, Kentucky, and Arkansas. That's what I'm doing. Now, I'll tell you what. Providence better calm down. No matter what happens in that game, they got to go at Butler on Sunday. That lazy 12 o'clock Sunday afternoon game can be funky. Now, that's more of a... Um, Sunday afternoon in the in the NBA can be weird because they're so used to work, you know, doing nights. Uh, that, that seems like that's always funky. Um, any other games you want to talk about before we kind of break down what's been going on here in a couple of these conferences, the the big conference races? Because there's some stuff to cover there too. Uh, I you know I think we hit it pretty well. I mean, well, honestly, when it comes to this time of the year. You could literally go to almost every conference and find good matchups. Um, I think sometimes the scheduling gods do us favors. Um, I mean, you know, God, Saturday morning when Illinois is playing Sparty, it's also Xavier at UConn, which is, I mean, obviously not quite as highly ranked in both teams, but that should be a fun one as well. And, yeah, Texas Tech, I, I would really look into that um, Texas Tech-Texas line. 
because uh, Texas Tech, if you like them, Chris, they're probably going to be maybe like a um, a, a two to three point underdog at most. So if you are a believer in the Red Raiders, like some people in Vegas seem to be, you probably get a pretty good number. I would assume Texas will probably be favored by one or two or, or something around there. So, uh, yeah, you're at Saturday should be a lot of fun. And now every, and now you're going to get a lot more people who just simply want to watch college basketball and, um, I suppose pro basketball just because, uh, football's over. So hopefully if, if you're new to the show, we're, we're happy you're here. Um, but I know a lot of people who lost their football fix now, they need a fix of, um, college basketball. So it's a good time of the year. And we're a month away from March Madness. And on that note, like you said, let's go check out our conferences since we are a month away from seeing who will get handpicked from each conference to make the big dance, Chris. Well, and I, like I said, I took a screenshot because I just noticed it midweek last week. And there was a three-way tie on top. We're talking about Big Ten Conference. Purdue was 10-3. and three, Wisconsin was 10-3. and three, And Illinois was 10-3. and three. And then you had two teams with four losses, Michigan State 8-4 and four and Ohio State 7-4. Um, and four. Now, flash forward to right now, Illinois is 10-3, and three, and you have four teams with four losses, 10-4 and four Wisconsin, Purdue at 10-4, and 9-4 and four Michigan State, and 9-4 and four Ohio State. There's Rutgers with that tough roll at 9-5. and five. They can hold steady Michigan State. Uh, coming up the rear there too, but I, I just thought that was crazy. Like to have three three loss teams and two four loss teams, and then now literally four. For, it, it just it just shows you how important some of these games are coming up, and like you said, down the stretch, but also um, just how tight this race is. Even Rutgers is only two games out, sitting at nine and five in the Big Ten, Marshall. Well, hell, they beat everyone ranked above them, Chris. So, if, I mean, right. if, you're, if you're doing the you math. want to move up. That's how you do it, right? <laughs> if you're going to win games, beat the teams ranked above you. That, that does seem to be a, a relatively good idea. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, the the Big Ten, again, on paper for now, it is looking to be like the best conference in the country so far. Again, that happened last year. A lot of teams said uh, bye-bye, adios, on that first weekend. Um, obviously the Badgers, I'm, I'm a little torn on them because, you know, when I do expect them to perform well, they don't. Um, but man, I mean, yeah, you have five teams all ranked within the top 19, um, in your linear conference. Um, Rutgers, I would say is a, a shoe in for the tournament considering they beat everyone who's, uh, who's ranked in games. And then you do dwindle down to Iowa. Michigan and Indiana. I would say right now, Chris, those are obviously three bubble teams. Um, I think the reputation of your conference alone could help you. Um, I do think that around this time of the year, you really got to start looking at people who have win losses that are 500 or better in conference. That it does seem to always kind of be one magical trait of making your conference, or I should say making the big dance is that is your win-loss record in your conference 500 or better? Um, I suppose there would be occasional exceptions where you could have a losing conference record, Chris, but for the most part, you know, if, if you can show the committee, hey, I was 500 or better in conference and I won a conference game, like that can give you some credit. But a lot of times when they do those March shows, it's like, well, look at the conference record. So I know I'm kind of getting nitpicky on that, but I, I do think that that is a pretty good resemblance of truth. 
of, hey, you're in the best conference in the country in the Big Ten. Where did you finish the year, you know, 10 and 12 or 12 and 10? You know, that all that stuff does kind of seem to add up the matter. So I think obviously all the five teams are now Illinois, Purdue, Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Sparty or Ohio State are all locked in. Rutgers is probably damn close. And Iowa, Michigan, Indiana, you're just a win away being one of those teams above you from probably nudging pretty damn close to making the dance, Chris. Well, then the Big 12, it's kind of interesting. KU, um, in, a, in a weird way, I think they got to play – well, they're playing right now. Um, they still have Baylor, right? Then it looks like well, they have Baylor at Baylor and then a home Texas game. That's how they close. But they have at TCU and then home TCU within a two, three days, probably because of a schedule thing. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I'm assuming. So Kansas, obviously, even with just, you know, if they could just beat Baylor that one more time, that could, you know, give them enough separation. Um, whereas, you know, if you look at the other way, the, the teams right below them, when we just talked about Rutgers having to, you know, you got to look up. Well, you look up and you got to beat the teams above you. That's basically what, you know, that's what Baylor has to do in, in, in Texas Tech and whatnot. And that really makes that Texas Tech game, you know, such an important game coming up. And Baylor, they got TCU. I mean, Baylor, they, they're, they got, they just beat Texas, obviously, but they got at Texas Tech, Kansas, and Texas still to play. So this, from two to four, it's it's very maneuverable, let's put it that way. But um, you got to get to Kansas here pretty quick, otherwise they're probably going to run away with it uh, in the Big 12. Yeah, you know, that conference has kind of bottomed out a bit because I, I know, like, when we did this a month ago, we were saying that that was maybe one of the top, top con- con- uh, conferences. But the fact that only four teams in your conference have a winning record um, that bottom tier really has dropped off. I mean, TCU's had moments where they've looked okay this year, but they're five and five. K State is five and seven. Don't expect much from them. Oklahoma State has had some good fighting chances against opponents, but five and seven. Oklahoma Sooners are four and eight. Iowa State, that's got to be maybe the craziest thing of all, Chris. They were ranked like 10th or 11th for like a couple weeks in a row. And, and now they're dead last in their conference. So I remember, I, I specifically remember talking about them about, out, about how rare it is for a team to go from being a like sweet 16 contender almost every year to being last place, being last place. And then this year being ranked 11th. And when we did our first basketball podcast of the year, they were like top tier team. I was like, holy shit, that's a hell of a transformation. And now you're in dead last in your conference. So, man, what a what a weird, goofy year. I would bet we could spend a handful of hours researching. And I, I'm not saying this 100% true because I'm not a genius. But I bet it is a very, very slim percent of teams who ever go from being ranked in the top 12 to finishing last in your conference. That almost – it just almost doesn't seem um, logical, Chris. Yeah, even like in the the preseason stuff, the first poll of the season and all that. Yeah, you're right. That's it. Just doesn't. But yeah, you're that is crazy <laughs> when you put it in that perspective. Um, 
Yeah, you, you rarely see that. The Big East, Georgetown still hasn't won a game. Like you said, DePaul, the scrappy team, same with Butler and uh, St. John's, 3-10, and 5-9, and 5-8 and 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 there. But this thing, if we're being realistic, now UConn still has to play Providence, so there, there could be something there. But Providence, there's two, two games left between Providence and Nova. And right now, 11-1 and 12-3. and, 12 and three. So we can't sit there and be like, oh, the home game, if, if Providence wins the home game, then they'll get it. Um, because Nova could come back, Providence could slip up, and then boom, you know, they uh, – and obviously they have more games than them right now too. Um, so that plays into it. But they have three losses. So really Nova, I think, has to, you know – they have more games, but they're, they're going to have to probably win this one. But they, they play them twice, Providence and Nova play. so they're, they're, But there is kind of a drop-off as far as trying to win it, because even your third-place team, UConn, does play one of those teams still and some other teams. They're three and a half points out. So um, it does seem like the, the line, you know, is being drawn pretty tight there. Yeah, I mean, that – the fact that they're having um, seven teams projected to make it, I think, shows how strong the conference is. Um, I will say, if by chance Providence does beat Nova um, tomorrow, that locks up the conference for them because they have a two-game lead already. If it was to get to through the tiebreaker, that would pretty much make it a done deal. And I don't think many people thought Providence was going to win the Big East this year. So. Um, I'm sure there may be a projected bubble team, but um, this combination, as you said, of, of veterans coming back and being the oldest team in the country, like that's done them a lot of good. And if you watch Villanova, Jay Wright's got another team with some some gritty guards who got those like long East Coast Italian names, and they hit their threes. And he's an experienced coach. He's obviously been running his system right for quite a long time. And uh, I kind of look like a fool, the fact that Marquette's not ranked, but I'm still going to stick to my uh, guns at saying they're a good team. Uh, Creighton, they're, man, they seem to be hit or miss. There's, there's nights where they play where they look like a tournament team. There's nights where they play where they, they look hopeless. So that really is, I mean, 7-5 and five makes sense for them. It, I'm surprised it's not 6-6 six and because six, that is really a flip of the coin team. And for Xavier, Chris, we've talked about it. If you watch them in the second half, they're an elite team. If you watch them in the first half, they're a bad team. So I'm not sure why that continues to happen, but I think it even happened again this past weekend to where they played good in the bad in the first half and good in the second half. They, they have a weird, weird mojo about them. That's a trend you normally don't see last for a long time. So um, one of these years, I'm going to save up and go to the Big East tournament. I don't know if I can afford New York hotel rooms for a couple of days in a row, but I'm going to try to find a way to make it happen or maybe Sleep Uber or something. Subway. Yeah, I'm well, sure know, that'd be safe and fun, but uh, I would yeah. love to go out to that once. <laughs> but you know, Providence has at after after their game with Nova, of course, at Butler, Xavier, Creighton, and then at Villanova. So, no. um, well, you'd you'd have a you'd have a really steady lead being up through the tiebreak. Yeah, oh yeah. Nothing's ever you're right. Nothing's ever a, a done deal for sure. You're right. And it really looks like the SEC's a done deal. Um, just because Auburn and Kentucky aren't playing again um, in the regular season. So we could say, well, 11-1, 10-2. Yeah, it's still there. It's definitely still on the table. Um, but I think, I mean, at Tennessee is going to be a tough game. At Florida is probably not easy because Florida can, you know, bite you randomly. 
but they have Vanderbilt, Florida, Ole Miss, and this isn't football. And you know who's not involved. At Texas, I guess, or I mean at Tennessee, I guess Mississippi State's okay. At You know, that's my point. It's not going to happen. I think Auburn's still got it, even though it's just a one-point, you know, lead. But I still think they got it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think these are the top two best teams in the SEC, hands down. I think that Tennessee's a little inflated. I guess you have to give them credit for being nine and three, but I, I've sure seen that team look uh, hopeless at times. And Arkansas on their home court, tremendous. Away from their home court, uh, quite a different squad. And LSU, man, I, they're six and six, but they they've really after they had that really nice start to the year where they were ranked and they were kind of on a hot streak. I feel like that team has been in a funk for quite a while now. So I, I, I'm not saying they're not on the bubble, but that team needs to get put together a couple of nice wins to be a little closer to the getting off the bubble. Um, those top five teams I'm guessing are for sure in. But, again, if you're looking bubble zone for SEC, LSU, maybe Florida, even though they lost their best player a couple weeks ago, and Mississippi State lingering just around enough if they can squeak out a couple of nice wins, but you see their away record is 0-6, so if you can't win on the road, it's really hard to go dancing in March. But yeah, Chris, Auburn, Kentucky, that should be a very fun, um, I would assume, uh, SEC, um, well, conference SEC final. championship, yeah, conference final, or yeah, yeah. potentially, that would be a, that would be a fun one to enjoy. Sure. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that could be. Arizona seems to be in control, obviously. Um, they have a home game left with Oregon. Um, they are on the road at USC, so they'd have to stumble. Uh, you know, even losing those two games, you know, may not You're do still, it. You're still, yeah. Yeah, so that, it seems like they got that shit locked and noted. Uh, well, when, when your partner says they got that shit on lockdown, it's really hard to add on much to it. <laughs> um, again, if if you watch USC play, I don't know. T- tell us what you think. Send, send send a link in or something. But I just I I don't know. That that team doesn't seem like a deep team to me, or that's gonna make a deep run. Yet I've heard that they have the best two point field goal percentage defense in the country. So I, I I've watched them play games where I think their defense is trash. Yet statistically, they have the best two-point field goal shooting defense in the whole land, so maybe I'm an idiot. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and Oregon, they're they're a complete hot or cold team. This is a team that beat uh, USC and UCLA in one weekend. You lost to Colorado, who, in my opinion, looks like one of the worst teams on all of D1 when I played Washington State a couple weeks ago. So um, I will say that for sleepers, for the bubble teams in the big – as Pac-12 has kind of been hit on each conference, uh, Washington. Uh, Washington was in a pretty, like, um, garbage situation. Like, no one expected much of them. But you're now 8-5 and five in conference. You put together some nice wins. You're currently um, fifth in the Pac-12. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, um, no one really knew about us. But, hey, we're here. Uh, we don't have a number one lottery pick like we always do. But they're kind of creeping their way back up there. Um, again, I don't think anyone expected them to be there. but if you're fifth in a conference, like you definitely have a chance. Um, and they got to find a way to maybe knock off one of the teams above them. But for the bubble watch, I would say Washington, Washington State, and maybe Stanford. So you're looking at those three for uh, some bubble fun for the 
uh, Pac-12. And it is weird how Oregon is ranked or is like third, but not ranked. So again, they're, they're such a, a very hot and cold team. But hey, the, the, I'll say this, Chris, for the games we can watch that aren't on the Pac-12 network or aren't on at 1030 at night, the Pac-12 tournament this year should be more fun than it's been the past couple of years. It, we actually should be a pretty entertaining watch. Um, uh, and provided some good drama as we talk about games that week. All right, let's get to the crafty, crappy pick of the week, sir. Shut this puppy down. Well, uh, last week, my, my man Chris uh, moved to uh, 3-0. He was a, a a Shorehawk believer. They went into <laughs> the Hornet's Nest, and they and they said, forget about being stung, we're going to whoop, whoop you, whoop you. And they did. They won 58-50. to uh, so now, uh, it's funny. Know, I like this segment better, you know, cause I'm three and oh now it's like, yeah, I'll do uh, it. Hey, yeah. I'm with it. We're three and oh, we're three and oh. Yeah. The, the boys are three and oh. So, um, now don't, don't get confused in this show now, people. We're about to give a pick and, and this is a Mac conference pick. Uh, but so it, this is not Maction. This is not your, your, uh, Tuesday night college football. This is your Tuesday night Mac college basketball. That's true. I didn't even know they had a conference. <laughs> so um, th- there well, is not. Day? What day? Are we talking? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, my friends. Tuesday, we're going. We're hopping dude, to tomorrow. Man, Tuesdays have been paying off this week, and we got another one here. Uh, so the and again, this is there. This is not a over under fifty seven where we're gonna expect no defense. We're not doing Mac football, folks. We're doing Mac basketball. I think this is the first time we've ever had Mac basketball in the crafty, crafty game of the week. But the Northern Illinois Huskies travel to Eastern Michigan in Ypsilanti, Michigan. The arena is called the Convocation Center. Hold on, uh, hold on. You said Tuesday? Uh, yeah, Tuesday the – oh, shit, Tuesday the 22nd. Damn it, I was – I was jumping the gun. Oh, shit. I, I was going to say, dude, I, I mean, I see the team you mentioned, but they're playing somebody else. I, I So I, I was I was clicking with uh, ESPN, and I, 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 I jumped the gun ahead a little bit. So clearly that was a uh, accidental typo on my part. Um, we got so. a we got a Bushnell University is playing Portland that night. <laughs> um, I mean, you know. But, yeah, that uh, – I mean, we can do that one, but that you know, oh. it's kind of ahead of. Uh, ahead that that would be step. that'd be um, that'd be stepping ahead a little Give too far. Give me a week off. Is that what you're doing? Uh, what that, about that, that was... Eastern Michigan uh, Central Michigan rivalry? Okay, well that 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 one is also a, a rivalry as well. Um, this might me... mess up the whole pick formula, though. Go ahead. I, 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 I'm telling you, damn it! I actually. Uh, all right. This one's televised too. Well, not really. Kind of okay, um, so as I regroup here for a, a, a little bit of a brain cramp, um, the boys are going to be okay. Um, we are looking to go to, okay, there, here we go. Here we go. All right, uh, so this is 6 o'clock Central, ESPN Plus. This week? This is Wednesday the 16th. Wednesday okay. the 16th. We, so we get next week's already set up. Okay, we'll, we'll see. All right, but. Okay. For uh, for next uh, for this Wednesday, okay, and this is a trash game too because if you look at these teams, they're both under in conference. This is an American East Conference. Uh, UMass Lowell and New Jersey Institute Tech. I know that their win loss records aren't awful, but they're 
these are not basketball schools. Uh, UMass Lowell is five and seven in the American East, and New Jersey Institute of Tech is five and eight. This game is at the NJIT Wellness and Event Center. So for all we know, the, this game, Chris, is being played at a fitness club. Oh, um, the uh, River Hawks, and we, we've had a lot of birds in the crappy, crappy game yeah. so far. Uh, that just, that must the, just be the go-to. Uh, Did I just the, call it a hawk or something? The, the River Hawks are 13 and 11. The MJIT Highlighters are 5 and 8. But, I mean, if you look at these teams, Chris, I, none of this jumps out to be really March Madness. So go ahead and take it away, brother, in this incredible American East Conference with a team who is uh, ninth and a team who is they're, – they're both bad teams. Ninth, ninth, ninth and uh, eighth, respectively, in that garbage conference. The Highlanders. Highlanders. The Highlanders and the Hawks. Highlanders and the Hawks. Okay. So the Highland, it actually makes sense. The, they'd be hanging out because the Hawks want to be on the Highland, right? Capacity 3,500. Um, so you know it's a hot ticket because there's not going to be many, you know, um, buy-on vivid seats. It doesn't even have it. Listed. Another one. That's back-to-back. This is on ESPN Plus, though. So, I mean, let's not act like, you know, this is that bad, okay? Um, now – Hmm. According to ESPN's Basketball Power Index, 65.2% for 34.8, okay? And they're, they got the Hawks winning this game. Now, I don't have an injury report in front of me on this one. Okay? <laughs> However, if you're looking at non-conference, which is very important when you're talking about shitty teams, Right? Now, their non-conference didn't do much because they lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in a row coming off their, their non-conference. So I guess that's really not meaningful. <laughs> but they did play Rutgers, Ooh. and they went overtime with St. John. Okay? Okay. All right. So I don't care what the power index says. I'm going home, team. NJIT Highlanders. They're going to trick them being on that high land, and the Hawks going to fly up there, and then the technology is going to just take over. So I got the home team, the Highlanders, sir. The Highlanders against the River Hawks. Good God. And both are respectively eighth and ninth in the American East. Well, uh, we will mention the winner of that game when we start the show next week. We're looking to move to 4-0 in the crappy, crafty uh, pick of the week. And if you tack that on with our college football I believe we're something around, oh, God, we're looking at like a 13-4 and four crappy, crafty game of the week segment of our college basketball and football put together. So if we've uh, paid off your rent money throughout the year, feel free to send us some money on Apple Pay. You we'll know find I mean? your speed, yeah, baby. We'll fi- yeah, just, you know, d- d- <laughs> no, don't be afraid to share some wealth with your boys. So on that note, again, we are a month away from March Madness, and God, that is literally the best time of the year. I will be in San Diego on a beach doing mm. my basketball fill-in-the-bracket preview show. One year I did it actually at the San Diego Padres um, left field sandbox uh, arena, so that was kind of fun. I'm going to have to go down to San Diego Padres arena just for just for grins and to, to, to bring back some uh, good karma and show history. So yeah. until, until then, 
Uh, we're out tonight. Stay safe. Stay warm. Enjoy watching college basketball. Go Providence tomorrow. The boys are out tonight. Peace.